And Georgia Snow. I want to see. I want to see too. Very true, and real world was always better than road rules and uh anyway. Throwing an axe at the children and they're all like, Oh my god, Frosty! We thought you were nice! Bane was ahead of the curve, might be the title of the podcast. Let me tell you something allegedly. Dave Chappelle and Snake Bliskin be hilarious. Have him have the cocaine lips too. And uh, that is exactly how we figured out what was going on in Tamriel. And it's gonna be popping up next week. It's gonna be amazing. Yes. It's going to be amazing. Oh, hey, gang. We are Purjangers and Wallhangers Media Network, and we would like to present you to the 138th podcast. This is the Triforce podcast, of course. I am Matthew Bucarell, the Matman. To my left is Stephen Bucarell, Big Brother. Behind me is our mascot, Hero of Time, Link Diablo, and in the quarantine box, one Mr. Christopher Bristow, the old man. Others may pop up. We will definitely shout them out as they appear in yep. the box. Um, but As they appear. Yeah, we want to... Uh, let everybody hop on over here to pjnwh.com where you're going to find all of the funniest moments. Oh, shit, I forgot to upload that promo. Anyway, but the promo for Lugnuts will be up there. Just like it... Oh, shit, I didn't upload any of that. Anyway, Lugnuts will be up there. Um, <laughs> whoops! That is uh, my bad. Because I'm the one that does it. But... You'll find all the latest up there as soon as I get the chance to do it, as well as this podcast. But uh, Lugnuts program is on Sundays. Let's play with your pajangers, which is right there. The funniest moments of that podcast is up there for your en- viewing enjoyment. We want you to hop on over here to contact us. Find us on all the social media handles. Let us know your name, your email, and your message. If you have something luggy and nutty happen, do you want to hop on in the quarantine box and let us know your opinion? That's exactly where you you find out how. And, uh, of course, every podcast, we start off the podcast the same way. And advertising here. Yeah. And then, with the nerdy news. But tonight, (laughs) a genius deal... Sony makes a promise. Live action Momoa Man. Thor is hulking up. Crash wants your money. And more on tonight's Triforce podcast. So, obviously, uh, we hop on over here to our first story, which is POW Entertainment sells Stan Lee's name and likeness rights to Genius Brands International. So, Um, did you do me a favor? Oh, you always want to share. Which just goes to show, kids, sharing is caring because... And you don't have to stand up in the middle of the podcast. Yeah, that's how you don't stand up. We can take that story from the top. Although he could have mentioned this before I started the podcast. I didn't want to to jump on your flow there, buddy. But with this... um, POW Entertainment won, recently won the um, legal battle that was going on against Stanley's daughter. Um, and is Stanley's daughter pro POW or anti POW? Anti POW. She it's wanted to keep her father's likeness and rights, which he never wanted ever. He never ever wanted her to have that. He didn't ever. want her to have the rights. He didn't. He explicitly said multiple times he didn't want her to have the rights. Well, but, that's that's. Know, seems really simple to me. And uh, his buddy here is uh, 
Andy Hayward, the chairman and CEO of Genius Brand. And he was pretty much touting how all over, this is there's over 100 properties with, for Stan uh, that after Marvel that have been unexploited, that they have to have fun and make a corporation, make an empire with, really. Because hmm. they're planning on putting out seven titles a year, like seven you know, IPs a year with hmm. this untapped stuff. And, okay. you know, this uh, the CEO pretty much says it's like going into Paul McCartney or John Lennon's basement and finding 200 Beatles songs that have never been released. And one of them just happens to be Hey Jude and the other one happens to be Sgt. Pepper's. You know what I mean? So they're really excited about this. They got the rights to this and it's going to be titled the Stan Lee Universe. And I think that's perfect. The guy's known Stan and been friends with him for close to 30 years. And you know what? That's the man that you want in charge. He's been working with him, obviously, because he's a man in the industry. And he I'm just blows curious, Stan right? all over this article. Well, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I want to see, see these works that come from Stan Lee you know, yeah. hold some water. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's just a, a glimmer of hope here, but I believe Genius Brands could actually really do some good with Stan's property here. And that's all we really want. Absolutely. Another thing we want is... We'd like you to not fuck it up, please. Well, please. that. And we'd also like this next story, which is Blade Runner anime series coming in July. Now, uh, the it, it's from Adult Swim and Crunchyroll. The series will be called uh, Blade Runner Black Lotus, and it will take place in 2032. It will include uh, previously seen characters in that universe as well. So, Blade Runner, obviously a popular franchise, um, you know, captured a lot of people's hearts and, you know, inspired a lot of people technologically-wise on what we're supposed to have in the future, but never got um. So, have you watched the uh, the last movie? I didn't. I have not watched any Blade Runner, but I'll so, tell you what. I, I will mean, watch this fucking anime. Yeah, I will definitely watch the anime. I, you know, from what I remember, the first Blade Runner was when I was very, very young. So, like, you know, I, my mind has probably distorted it by then. Um, I have to go re uh, go back and watch it because I mean Harrison Ford in that movie was still phenomenal. Um, I mean, I'd probably was, wait he, until after the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I, I'll I'll wait till the podcast. Okay. Okay. Oh, good. Or in the middle when you're not talking, you need to do that as well. I mean, you got a computer, giant computer in front of you. You might as well utilize the screens. Two, I got two computer screens in front of me. <laughs> exactly. Utilize them screens. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I'd prefer it if you just paid attention. I'm actually going to be reading podcast. comics in the middle of this podcast since I got the uh, the Fire Eight here right in front of me. So you know what? We all got to multitask. <laughs> yes, because it was a deal of the day. But that is uh, one glimmer of hope right there. But another one is the Doctor Stone spinoff is getting a U.S. release. This is uh, the manga is getting released in the U.S. The spinoff focuses on the story of Senku's father, Byakuya, 
He tra- he's traveling into outer space long before the world turns to stone, and fans of the Doctor Stone series are also pleased to hear that the second season, titled Stone Wars, will be releasing January 21st in uh, North America. There's no anime adaptation announced for the spin-off series, but just a manga would be enough for that one right now, because the whole story, I'm not going to ruin it, but uh, the whole story with Dr. Stone is amazing because you have a lot of of science in with this anime. And in the second series, you have two, philo- two different philosophies of how the future should come about merging into one war. And the how it turns out is amazing. This is a, a great manga that I've followed, and it is an even better anime. And I'm really happy to find out that they're actually getting another, uh, you know, spin-off of this. Because this is a, an amazing world. Byakuya, it's going to be before the events of, you know, Saku, uh, Senku waking up in the stone world. But it shows events that you find out in the first season, how that came to pass. And it's going to give that whole universe its own rich history. So, a lot of good stuff anime-wise coming out here, especially animation-wise. Like our next... That's where- that's Story. where you, um, you you excel at more anime than I do, but uh, you know I'll have to get caught up in that one. Well, that's because I have nothing to do. But another thing <laughs> I'm looking forward to, like the uh, uh, this one right here, which is Transformers anime. It's a you know CG 3D anime, but it is all focusing on the War of Cybertron, and we actually get another trailer here, the final trailer for the series. In which we see the civil war between. Doesn't look like it's been going well. No, no, it it isn't. But this is the final uh, trailer before the release in, on Netflix, July thirtieth, and it's the final moments of the civil war between the uh, uh, Autobots and the Decepticons. Goddamn autocorrect. All of uh, <laughs> all the <laughs> <sighs> autocorrect. And, and the it's the difference between my because like I said I have a tablet now and the difference between the tablet and of actual pen and paper is I control what words I put on it uh, autocorrect you know when you're in the moment you let it go but they're all fighting over the all spark and it's the source of life the and power say. yes and Megatron wants to reformat all the Cybertronians Autobot and Decepticon alike to be unified as one Cybertron if we've heard that from anywhere in history but that's his goal he's gonna reprogram them I don't remember in the original series anyone talking about reprogramming reformat Reformatting? Yes. I don't. It's. I was. I was young. Serious. He just wanted to kill Optimus Prime. Oh my. Yeah. Optimus. Now he just. He's like, all right. We're going to. Uh, I mean, him they're adapting something from you know uh, from the movies, which honestly, I like the All Spark in the movies. It's just. It's a nice. It's a nice uh, thing to chase after. You know, it well, gives I mean, mythos the to the whole Spark. thing. Before the All Spark, it was the Matrix in the nineteen eighty four animated movie. Okay, mm-hmm. I guess they couldn't get the yeah. copyrights to that, so they called it All Spark. They called Thank it All Spark. Well, that's fair Maybe enough. But you can catch this one on July thirtieth. I'm really excited for it, even though they're kind of mashing with you know 
it, it's just it has to adapt, and I like that as a plot device for the story. And well, you know, especially with the classic real Civil War, world, you know, they're taking real world topics and mm-hmm. converting them into like a format that you know everybody like my age and everybody in between can go and and watch because everybody loves Transformers. They just absolutely yeah. love it. Well, very true. And real world was always better than road rules uh, anyway. So, there you go. Yes. <laughs> you heard it here first. <clears throat> that was a late developing story that I was able to sneak in there. This one is a little bit of a surprise, I thought. But they're Seth Rogen's production company, uh, Point Grey Pictures, is teaming up with Nickelodeon and Paramount Pictures to uh, make an animated Teenage Mutant Ninja uh, Say Teenage that again. Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Say that again. Teenage Mutant Adult Ninja Turtles I, film. Know, yeah. Yeah. Jeff Rowe, who's known for writing Gravity Falls and Netflix's Disenchantment, uh, will direct. And uh, the script is uh, being written by... Oh, god damn, this motherfucking thing. Autocorrect for the win. No, that, it that, complete, that, that, the story's just completely... Yeah, we're going to think of something else for next week. But <laughs> essentially... Or you turn autocorrect off. No, that's not what happened at all. You'd have to be looking at what I saw. Um, you haven't been where I have, man. Yeah. You haven't seen the horrors <laughs> of autocorrect. No, but the actual script is going to be coming from Brian, uh, Brent, Brendan O'Brien, who wrote previously on the Neighbors movie uh, starring Seth Rogen, as well as The House and Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Okay. So, as long as they get that laugh in, it's a Seth Rogen movie. <laughs> I knew you were going to do the laugh, so I didn't actually have to pretend to uh, to do it myself. But one thing that didn't get messed up in my little notes here. Hold on. Sony promises what? Now, Sony promises more R-rated animated films. Sony Animation president... Kristen Nelson said, and I quote, I don't think you're going to see more family animated movies because they're very saturated. Uh, There will be more R-rated animated movies, more PG-13, as well as hard action sort of stuff. (laughs) That's a lot of ads right there. It is. My God. Man, that's a lot of ads. That is a lot of ads. Ah, we're being attacked. We're being, we're being attacked by ads. Kill them. No, the ads. I tried the ads. It's not working. The one below it. Hit the close ad. That one. Right. Damn it. Anyway, put your finger by this ad. I I already the ads are coming to get us. It just switched to a different ad. Like, oh, you won't be offended by this one. Oh, it's Click weird. on the word close ad. I already tried no, that. It, it didn't work. work. It's Nothing can get rid of them. It's like Corona. So, uh, beer. Sony wants more R-rated uh, yes. animated but you, know, you know the whole the whole thing, like, they could just make whatever movie they want and just say fuck twice, and that gets you an R rating. So, it doesn't matter what the content is. So only say they it could once. Just say, they could just say 
uh, you know. There you go. Just <laughs> say it once then. There twice. you go. That's done, right? Yeah, you there you go. Once, done. It's off. If you say it twice, you're getting an R rating. And then that's just, you know. I got a way around that. You cut it off. You say, fuck, done. Then if you say it three times, you could have said fuck on the window. It's like when Fury was snapped. He got mother, and he dusted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly how you do it. But, you know, I mean, I can't say that I would not like to see more R-rated animated movies out of them because... You know, I mean, if you get a more realistic and gritty looking, you know, uh, well, you can do Spider-Man. You can do anything in Sony. If you get the animated movies that really, you know, center around adults to where that's kind of what DC's been doing. With the with the Justice League and uh, yeah. know, their, their series. They're like, oh, no, this is for the guys who've been watching the animated series like me. And... Uh, <clears throat> You know, that's what it is for. So, I really think that it's a good thing for them to keep their, you know, to realize that the market is saturated and that they need to go in another direction. Yeah, I want... I, I If Sony can actually do animated right, and they, they can kind of follow, like, the guideline or the principles of what DC's been doing. They We've had the, the the Spider-Verse movie, man. That was done right. It was done right. And it was done with... And the, it was like PG-13? The, it was PG-13. Hmm. If, if they can build onto that, and, you know, because we know Spider-Man is like a PG-13 character. So we'll yeah. just, you know, for what he is, he's a PG-13 character. But, like, this would be a good segue to, like, Maybe Fox and Sony get together and do a Deadpool animated movie because that would give them carte blanche to do an R-rated flick. We've been wanting an animated Deadpool for so long, but like we could see like an origin, like a true animated origin story of Deadpool because there were three versions of him in the comics. Well, yeah, I mean, and he also. God, he was a lot more schizophrenic. Like, he had multiple voices Correct. in his head, and he listened to them all the time. So, you know, I I want to see that as an R-rated, and I want my true animated Deadpool. I was recently watching Ultimate Spider-Man on Disney+. Plus. I watched Future Avengers. I watched any kind of Avengers with Deadpool in it, and I'm glad he got FaceTime. But none of them are doing Deadpool true justice. Yeah, well... Not like the, the game moment. did. The game did Deadpool amazing! Yes, the Deadpool game, which I have on PS4. It's awesome. Oh, I have it for PC. It's such a good game. I'm about to play that tomorrow, man. It's just so well done. And that is what I want for an animated Deadpool. Hence why I'm wearing the shirt. I love Deadpool. But... I really just I want them to do it right. I know it's Disney isn't going to do it right. Just like they, you know, they didn't do Hulk right, but you still loved what they did. You know, they didn't do Hulk right because Universal Arts has the actual uh, copyright licensing to the The Incredible Hulk. So that's why. Yeah, but still, man, you can't do, it's, you can't do Hulk 
you can't do Hulk right until he can star in his own movie that's not going to be butchered by other actors. Well, there. Well, one, I think Ed Norton would have made a better Hulk in the end than Mark Ruffalo. It's my own personal I, opinion. I really believe he would. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. If he wouldn't be able to, like, wanting to get his his shots in. Like, at, at a certain point, like, if you see the bigger picture of, like, what's going to happen with a character, sometimes you got to have faith that that character will develop eventually yeah. the way you want it. You can't just go, you know, it's, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So. Well, also, with my critique of the Hulk, <laughs> once again, the old fire pad, I was... Uh, privilege to read the World War Hulk compendium, and it was amazing. It that was my Hulk. The World War Hulk was all centered around the Avengers sent him to Planiscara. He actually made good, got a queen, got her pregnant, but then the shuttle blew up. So then he blamed the Avengers and wanted to kill everyone, and nobody <laughs> could stop his rage because he wanted to avenge his wife and dead child. And it was such a powerful story. Like, exactly how it should be. Come on, weirdo. Jesus. Come on, move your butt. Anyways. But I really... I want I want more of a realism in there to where that's what I feel. That if Sony is going more R-rated, that's the vein they could tap into. The realism and everything that the Marvel Comics kind of made their whole... Infamy on. Correct. Agreed. Uh, and it, you know they they have a decent playbook. I mean, with with the success of Spider Verse, yes. and they see what DC is capable of doing with a solid studio of actual, you know, inept writers at the helm. Well, and the fact that they said, all right, you know what we're going to do? We're not going to focus on Spider Man directly right now. We'll let Marvel take care of that. But I'm going to focus on Venom. I'm going to get Venom and Carnage. I'm going to focus on Morbius. And then, hey, let's let's look at Craven the Hunter. And let's get exactly. these characters developed. Mm-hmm. All so these they're searching in the darkness for that goodness. Giggity. You, you have all these opportunities to build origin stories, whether it's animated or live action. So you have the opportunity to do so. Absolutely. There's a lot of opportunity out there. A lot like this next story. This man is taking opportunity of the chances that are given to him. Aquaman star Jason Momoa. You know him. You love him. You might also love him in what he's going to be cast as now, which is the snowman in the live-action Frosty the Snowman movie. I don't. I don't. I don't really picture a, when I picture a snowman. I don't picture him. You don't imagine a muscular snowman with a lot of facial hair? No, I, I picture the guy from the original Frosty the Snowman. So you imagine like, like John Candy? The 30s or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> yeah. Like well, John no, Candy, like, happy birthday! Oh, you know, except not dead. Yeah, but the happy snowman birthday, will not use... Yeah, the snowman will not use Jason Momoa's likeness, only his voice. Oh, okay. You should have led with that. Yeah, even though it's live action, it will it the lead will be CGI. So it's not actually going to be Jason Momoa looking Frosty the Snowman with you know like a top hat or a fedora. It's going to be your Frosty. I mean, there's they're not my uh, three balls, so two coal. Was the voice nose. of Frosty? 
you know, there's not much you can, not much, not many ways you can fuck up Frosty. I think. No, 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 no. I have faith in them. They, they, they could ruin Frosty for everyone. Fair enough. I have faith in Hollywood. Always keep a positive outlook, right? The sensibility, old man. What do you think about Frosty? Cautiously optimistic. <laughs> Wasn't he a voice on uh, like a Pixar movie, something like that? Uh, who? Um, Momoa. Momoa. No, he did. Um, he did Aquaman as Lego as well, I believe. I'm okay. not sure. I'm I'm not sure. If you want to pull up his IMDb, um, I'm doing that. But I want to say he did something like Pixar or animated related before that. Because he does have a he, he has some good pipes, but I mean, I his voice from what we've seen, I don't imagine like in the range of Frosty. But you know, well, even he I can get some high notes. because he if you watch him do the haka, oh my god, he's he's like really intense with it. Um, so so you want a really intense Frosty the Snowman? Happy birthday! Could you imagine him just doing be like Happy birthday, kids? <laughs> imagine him in like Frontier to where he's like throwing an axe at the children and they're all like, Oh my god, Frosty! We thought you were nice! Where's your pipe? This isn't <laughs> that isn't tobacco! Frosty smoking PCB! Like, I don't know. Everyone run! <laughs> I may have blown um, that out of proportion. Yep, he, he was a yeah. Lego movie. He he actually did a spot in The Simpsons. He did okay. uh, a show called Pipeline. Attempted. Uh, so you're pretty much he, saying I was completely wrong. Besides the whole yeah Lego yeah movie. you're wrong. You're wrong. All right, but I'm well, fair saying, enough. I wasn't saying you're wrong. You, you <laughs> first, so fair uh, enough. But, what are the boys doing? I'll tell you one thing. I'm not wrong about that's being excited about this story, which is Jeffrey Dean Morgan, man. He is being eyed for The Boys Season 3. Showrunner Eric Kruprick, uh had confirmed that this began last year when Jeffrey Dean Morgan expressed that he wanted to be in the show. And Kerpik and him have been writing back and forth, trying to work him into the third season. And I could not think of anybody more perfect for the boys than Negan himself, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I mean, how much I more am, perfect can you get? Um, I'm, I'm going to binge watch, you know, both uh, like of all these seasons when they come out. So like. I still haven't. I haven't even started the show yet. But from what you say, I am going to be excited now. From the content that you have shown me, he would be a perfect fit. Oh my God, man! He would. He was a complete perfect Negan, and I'm even going to go out on a limb and say that he was a good Thomas Wayne. I mean, he only had like a couple seconds to be Thomas Wayne, but you know, in both movies that he was, because I believe he was Thomas Wayne in Joker. If I'm right, I am not sure. I'm not Apparently sure. We had the internet. I might be right on that one, but Jeffrey Dean Morgan and all the different types of superheroes that they do in the boys and how they add that realism in there on how messed up it would be if superheroes were real. I can only imagine the kind of fucked up character that he would be. I'm thinking um, 
He played Scotty in the recent uh, Star Trek, or not Scotty, Dr. McCoy, in the recent Star Trek, not Simon Oh, Craig. that was Carl oh. Urban. Carl yeah. Urban. I I would like but to see... Scotty in The Boys. No, but I would like to see uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan pop up as like Carl Urban's father. Uh, that would be good. Oh, and have his father have superpowers? Oh yeah, that'd be that. That'd Holy be really shit, good. that's an awesome premise. Hire me, but I really. I, <laughs> I mean, if that's what they're kicking back and forth, I, I'm not getting rid of Amazon anytime soon, especially if they sponsor the podcast. But it's a really good premise for the show. On top of the fact that it's an amazing show already, um, give me another season of the Tick. But it's really, uh, they have some good content on Amazon, and it's nothing to scoff at. All right. So on we go with the news. This one popped up today, and I'm sure the old man will have a lot to say about this one, but you know him and love him as the God of Thunder, Thor, but Chris Helmsworth is preparing for a Hulk-like transition. Going from the Marvel Cinematic Universe to a biopic about Hulk Hogan. That's right, Hulkamania is getting a biopic. Could you imagine him just going like, let me tell you something mean, Gene. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And the best part about this, Todd Phillips is set to, uh, to direct the biopic. So you got Thor, you got Todd Phillips on a biopic about Hulk Hogan. The American oh, I, hero, you know what I, I mean. Know the chat, I know the chat was heavy with this conversation about. It was like, very heavy between Eric and Teddy and you. I just kind of let it go, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch Spider Man. But you know, I mean, I understand how big this is. I love the Hulk. Uh, he was my original Hulk outside of you know the Marvel universe. He was the first Hulk I knew. But he's the only Hulk you knew for quite some time. Exactly. But then I was like, oh, there's this other guy, Hulk. wonder if he's as good as the other one I know. And he was, but not on Marvel. But I really, I'm, I'm excited about this because you have Chris Helmsworth, which, let's, let's face it, even though he was in condition to do Thor, he's got to pack on a lot of muscle to play Hulk Hogan. Uh, it it will be on the level of like um, uh, who's who played Bane? I can't remember. Oh, that's uh, um, Tom Hardy. Tom. So you remember how Tom Hardy when he had that interview after after scaling down from Bane of how much weight he had he put on for Bane, saying it was hard on him. I think mm-hmm. I think Hemsworth will be in the same vein, but I think he'll be able to handle it better because he's been. You know, uh, that's he's been in that you know that shape for quite some time. Whereas we saw Tom Hardy uh, when I remember him in in um, uh, Band of Brothers when he was a skinny dude, yeah, skinny skinny dude. And then like at, at, you saw him in Inception, he was he was just like he was lean, but he wasn't like you know he wasn't like you know muscled out. Yeah, and then you saw him in in Dark Knight. Oh my God, 
It would have been easier on him if he wore a matador mask instead of the stupid thing, breath, uh, you know, breathing machine they made him wear. And uh, I mean, I may be wrong, but I think that if he wore a matador well, mask, it would have been what? easier. You know what, though? In this current climate, he was actually more safer. He he was, <laughs> <laughs> he was ahead of the curve. Bane was ahead of the curve. Might be the title of the he podcast. Was, Bane was ahead of the curve. This is like octopus <laughs> hand for the win. <laughs> But, I mean, you know, with Todd Phillips directing this, I think this is going to be gold. You know, it could be, you know, Oscar contender. Again, you know, I said a it before, cautiously optimistic. It couldn't be any more, it couldn't be any better than the, the stuff that gets failed upwards in Hollywood. So Everybody has their their down points, but, you know, I really feel that, you know, we can, they can make it, something so. good out of like, it. I know the conversation was heavy on like who's going to play Andre, who's going to play Savage, but you know what? I still want to see Keith David make a make a like a uh, like a cameo with whoever they get to play with Roddy Piper, because okay. those two, what you know, because that movie, you know, I came here to you know kick ass and chew bubble gum and all out of bubble gum, you know. <laughs> 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 So like I would like to see Keith David because you know I mean you know him he's Captain Anderson from Mass Effect and he's you know the right. third, third three states from from Saints Row like you know I, I would love to see him make a like just a cameo appearance but who like who's going to be like Lou Albano like those are there's a whole slew of colorful characters that have to be casted I'm just curious absolutely uh, but given given Chris Hemworth's dedication I. Th- think he would be able to handle the extra weight and the size oh, yeah um, because he's also going in on not just looking at you know be looking like the hulk he's also going into wrestling and looking into that so he's getting the background of him as well as the look so i you know yeah huge cross promotion you know coming forward and i think you know given like AEW, if 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 anybody who doesn't know, AEW uh, says that they don't want um, Hulk Hogan and his ex-wife to be anywhere associated with AEW. So whatever it's like, but so which opens the door. So they fuck the- shit up when they left. Oh yeah. well, they did they, not give their two weeks. They did not <laughs> say please and no, thank you. It's based off the racist comments that that Hulk Hogan has made in the past, and same with uh, her, uh, same with his ex-wife. So um, wow, they don't giving him a biopic you know, in this political climate. That is a correct. ballsy move. Yeah. Whew. So I forgot about that racist shit until you mentioned it. Like, oh, he did do that. Yeah, he? yeah, uh, he did it twice. I all about that. He did, it twice. <laughs> he did do that. Yeah. 2013. So, like, you know, for him to go, you know, it's the reason why he lost his show. You know, to making mm. all those you know those racist comments, and then oh, yeah, you know, yeah, that's that. right. The show was on forever. It's the same on reaction VH1 you get when you when you tell somebody that Hillary Clinton killed somebody. You're like, oh yeah, she did do that. Yeah, I, I could see that. Same kind of effect, allegedly. The Hulk Hogan uh, effect, allegedly, allegedly. Let me allegedly. tell you something, brother. <laughs> allegedly, I remember that over the intercom when I did. <laughs> Let me tell you something, allegedly. Epstein <laughs> <laughs> didn't kill himself, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you one person who didn't kill himself. 
that's Solid Snake. And he may be getting a live movie adaptation. And we have a uh, update. Uh, old man, you're the pronunciator. How the hell do you say that director's name? Because he was the director of Kong Skull Island. And he wrote the Jordan script for Metal Gear. It's Jordan Voigt Roberts. Voight. Yes. So we may be getting a live adaptation of Solid Snake here. He did say in this article that he was going, uh, he had the script completed. Um, he put it in to, uh, you know, the powers that be, but he's waiting on the green light because he thinks it's because he was asking for a quote unquote sizable budget. Um, <laughs> for. Which is good because he wants to faithfully capture the essence of the game series. Uh-huh. So yes, that's what you need for that. It is it is twenty six hours worth of cutscenes. Yeah. Well, I thought you were a little bit light on that estimate. Honestly, twenty six is a little bit. That's light. just in one going, game. <laughs> if you're going, if you're going Twin Snakes level, it's still Hideo wasn't at that level yet. When they actually release the movie, they're going to give you sleeping bags so you can be comfortable sleeping over while you're getting through the movie. You know, because it's oh, going to be at least a 24-hour affair. Yeah. No, Sorry, boss. We'll I'm going to take we'll we'll off tomorrow. I'm going to see that Metal Gear game. <laughs> I'm going to see the Metal yeah. Gear movie. I'm gonna take Why do you need all? It's a 24-hour movie, so there's like eight hours when they're just like, I don't know. I guess they're boring or something. <laughs> You know, you gotta. It's have... funny that it's funny that this story is uh, coming up because I was just playing the Metal Gear Solid Twin <laughs> Snakes like three days ago Man, on the game. I tell you what, Snake Eater needs a remake. Snake Eater does need a remake. It got an HD remaster on the 360 PS3, which is backwards compatible with the Xbox One. But still. Give me a remastered of that. Give, there's so many games that deserve remasters, but this game de- uh, definitely deserves a, a solid live movie, movie adaptation. Now, the COVID has delayed the plans, but the director is determined to fight every day to get this movie made. And he says that he wants to do an animated series in conjunction with it, uh, and he says that he has an idea on who he wants to play Solid Snake, but he did not share who. So this is my question. Who would you like to see as Snake Plissken? Because we know Kurt Russell in um, uh, uh, Escape from New York. Well, Escape from New York was the original idea that Hideo saw and based yep. off of Solid Snake. So is do, you, do we get... Do we get uh, you know, a cameo at least from Kurt Russell. And what you want him as Big Boss? Because that would be an awesome. Oh movie. my God! How awesome would it be to have Kurt Russell as Big Boss? That that Big Boss. Cool. If you have Kurt Russell as Big Boss, then you can actually slip in. Because if you actually look up David Hayter, who was actually the voice actor of Solid Snake for the game series, and so that I see actually, him popping back up. For the animated series, if they do this in conjunction yes. with it, because then you got David Hayter, and then you can have, you know, Kurt Russell as Big Boss. You know, he'd fucking love that. He did Guardians, you know. But yeah, I mean, so if you look at David Hayter's profile and and his complexion, he actually does look like Solid Snake. So yeah, could you have him do the acting of it? And just have that gravitas of like nostalgia plus getting a live action at the same time. That it would wouldn't be, be the first phenomenal. time. 
It wouldn't it be the first be. time that a voice actress or voice actor goes, uh, got that live action role because uh, what was it? They were giving Harley Quinn uh, shit because they were uh, recasting her, but somebody else who was a voice cast actress got their shot when they already had it. Or no, it was Star Wars. That's what it was. It was um, Ahsoka Tano. Okay. Yeah, and uh, the woman Mandalorian, the redhead. Okay. Cat Katarina Go Google would would know what the fuck I'm talking yeah, she about. Would, she'd be she able would, to tell. She would be chastising us. She's right screaming. Now. Yeah, she's screaming at the screen, calling me a dumbass <laughs> right now. But you know what? But the cat, that's for the comment section. But I mean, what? Other, I mean, I honestly, no. I would like to see uh, the guy Kingsman uh, eyed for Wolverine. I'd like to see mm-hmm. he he may make a, a solid one. Taylor huh. Edgerton. Pun. Yeah, pun intended. He may make a solid choice. Um, he would be good, but he, I don't think he'd be tall enough. Taylor True. Would be tall. Now, throwing it out there because I'm crazy. Lord knows I'm crazy. The solid snake have to be white. Can't we get? I was gonna go for Keanu Reeves. Okay. I, I can see Keanu doing it, and I can I, he can have that gravitas. But if you're going to do to do to do Solid Snake justice, is like when when they took a left turn from Solid from uh, Metal Gear Four to Five and put Keith or Sullivan in, in for Five, I thought it was a huge disparage for for the character itself because. That this delivery. is him politely saying no. I would not like that. <laughs> I was just—I was just being a smartass and trying to make people laugh. I don't really—I don't really care. But I'm, I'm sure they'll have. do a good job because if they don't do a good job, they—they're—the you know people they'll like ruin the series nowadays. forever, even on a gaming cycle. I'm sure because the Konami has run the series into the ground, and I want. I want Hideo to get this series back under Kojima Productions. Yet, that as much is as a I tall don't, order. that's a tall no, but, order, but, my friend. No. Konami. Have you played in, the last Domino's pizza game now. he made? Start it so, now. Then, when your kids Stranding. graduate college, you'll get through the first cinema. Yes, but but Konami's in dire straits right now. So. They are. Everyone and they only is. have a couple of IPs that are actually handling them because well, that's at, what puts at, them in dire straits because they only have a limited amount of IPs. To where even if you look at like Capcom, Nam, uh, Namco, uh, I'm sorry, Namco Bando, or even Capcom, they both have multiple IPs. They can just milk for cash anytime they want. But yeah, correct. you look at them, and that is a lot more narrow of you know. Having a back catalog of classic games probably helps a bit. Yes, yes that's also why the, Nintendo's back not back catalog of money. classic games is only that getting you so far down. because, like, if you're not delivering, like, they have the, the Contra. They've already done the remaster for that. They have the Castlevania collection. They've already done the remaster for that. Name a name a uh, a game from Konami in this generation. I dare you. Dare you. I'm not the supercomputer. So when 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 he said name an actor, I'm like, great, I don't know anybody. <laughs> I know nobody. <laughs> the guy Yeah. I was watching no. comedy no. last, so it's Dave Chappelle, the only name that's in here. Although that's it. That's I'm not gonna lie, like. as <laughs> even like a spoof, I would love to see Dave Chappelle as Snake Plissken. I'd love to see Dave you Chappelle. You can't tell me you would not want to see that. 
yes, I would love to see yeah. that, but keep that on Comedy Central or on Netflix now because he, not you know, on the Dave Chappelle channel on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. They had a falling out. I don't even know if you remember. Yeah, he went. If you ever meet him, don't mention yeah. it. Just move on. But I, I, I really want to see that skit. I want to see Dave Chappelle as Snake Bliskin. Yeah, I, that would be hilarious. Have him have the cocaine <laughs> lips too. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But we're gonna move on but because it's I want to close the segment hot. off. Really, yes. I, I, I want to encapsulate this. So. If you can't get David Hayter, get someone that can deliver maybe like a Josh Brolin because he would also be good in that. Okay. but I can see Josh Brolin. Having that gravitas in his voice adds to the character. You can't just throw anybody in there. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you one thing that really just kind of threw out uh, really quickly, but Amazon threw this one out. Fallout TV series is in the works. Amazon <laughs> surprised us all by announcing this Fallout TV series. And uh, the uh, it's from the Westworld creators, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy. And okay. Amazon has a substantial commitment in the series. They did release a little teaser where it's very short but it's just enough to really get the gears going on what they could possibly have for this but uh, the team hopes to bring the harshness of quote the wasteland set against previous generations utopian idea of a better world through nuclear energy this tells me nothing no it doesn't this is useless it's pretty much just to announce that they're making a fallout tv series is it that just just those twenty three seconds is still better than yeah. the first year of Fallout seventy six? Yeah. Uh, all I right, agree. I'm not going to lie with you I there, agree. but uh, they want to make it with moments of ironic humor and B movie nuclear fantasies. There's no release date like announced it. on it yet, but with uh, them having Amazon having a substantial commitment into this, it is really in. It's it says to how quickly they could put this out, you know. We could see this twenty twenty one, maybe twenty twenty two. So we'll have to see where this goes, but especially with the Westworld creators, that's you, what made me think this is really now. Here's put the some thing. effort into it. I hope. Here's the thing. Do you know who Jonathan Nolan is related to? No. Christopher, Christopher Nolan, Nolan, the guy who made the Batman series that everybody loves. That guy's brother so, is in you, charge of Fallout. So do you think they met? They may have met. Oh, okay. Have you met me? No. If, well, then, if he does the same thing, so if, if Jonathan Nolan does the same thing as his brother, because um, I, I heard that whenever Christopher Nolan does a movie, he does not put chairs on the set because... He thinks that while you're filming, you get complacent if you're sitting down. You're less likely to want to get things done. So, And his movies usually come in he's not under wrong. budget. Yeah, he's not wrong. No, he's right. <laughs> he's not wrong at you all. Move your, you move your ass because you <laughs> want to get finished. He wants come, to get home. <laughs> yeah, his movies typically get done under budget and, bef- and early. So if he does the same thing, I, I will say, yes, go ahead and show me what you can bring to the table. 
I mean, absolutely. I really, th- I, I feel. I like him. Sounds like a real tag. I feel yeah. that a no- I can trust a Nolan. I mean, and that may be That'll a little be. bit, maybe a little bit, you know, stupid thought wise to believe like that. But I mean, there's got to be some kind of genetics in there that'll tell you that he knows how to direct this after what he's seen with the success of the Sonic movie and, you know, all the other stuff. You know, Ready Player One. There's a lot of video game stuff out there to where you can really hone it in and drive people to it, even though it's about video games. Hell, how many people watched Fifty Shades of Grey? Well, you know, you have to not Not all those people were into BDSM. Sure they were. You you have to not (laughs) make it about, oh, this is a game movie. This is a story about a world I'd like to tell. Yeah. So unless you have nods to like the original, whatever, then don't piss us off. Just make it like the game. I mean, that's Except fair enough. Better in TV like. Yeah, better. Now that I put you in a straight jacket and whacked you over the head with a frying pan, <laughs> we can move on to the next story. All right, because like it's this, really hot. Yeah, but Crash Bandicoot Four. Um, everybody was excited when we saw the gameplay. Don't tell me it's not coming. No, it is coming, but okay. Crash Bandicoot is going to have a hundred plus levels and in-game purchases when it launches in October. And in-game purchases? Yeah, I tried to skim over that real quickly so it didn't sound as microtransactions. Bad. What? What do the microtransactions come with? So, Microsoft Store page has a plus symbol next to the game, suggesting that it has some kind of in-game purchases. Now, the uh, Crash Bandicoot spin-off racing game had in-game purchases, but they were only cosmetic. So, If it's only cosmetic, then that, that's fine. We shall see. If you want to waste your money buying Crash, you know... If you want to make Crash Bandicoot silver, and you want to pay for that, then... Go for it. I, it is what it is. You 100 know? levels is a lot of levels. But 100 plus levels. And they did say here in the article that the last Crash game, on Crash 3, Warped, had 32 levels, including bosses and secrets in comparison. So, I mean, that's really what we're looking at here. This is going to be a massive game. So, as long as they keep the cosmetics the in-game purchases, and they don't let, you know, like, skip to level 49. Yeah, you know? no, no, no skip, uh, skip no. shit. Like, why make a game? Especially for Crash Bandicoot, that would be, that'd be stupid. Level 1, skip to 100, and just have a big thing that says you win the game shuffle. You know, that'd be like the cheat from Sonic the Hedgehog, where you could just go to the last level and you know, beat Robotnik. <laughs> Up, What's down, left, right, ABC start? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Our game genie up here in the corner. Bloop, bloop. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, we all know there was a holiday that happened uh, recently. Uh, Uh, It was the Independence Day. No, I see what they did there. Independence Day. Yeah, they dropped the Dependence Day trailer for... Destroy all humans, and uh, they were, so were wishing they all everybody diapers? Uh, happy Fourth. Uh, dependence. Oh, dependence, not Dependence Day. No, not uh, Dependence Day. That's I a totally day. misunderstood. That's not on the Fourth of July. 
Um, okay. But in the new trailer, it gives us a new look at the remastered Washington, D.C. level. They also added in rooftop combat to the remake, and they updated the layouts of the interiors and even brought back uh, the Area 52 mission that was cut from the original game. It's releasing on July 28th for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Stadia, as well as PC. So Stadia is a real thing? You didn't make that up? No, no. Google Stadia. Okay. Yeah. And I love this game. The remastered looks absolutely fantastic. And the fact that they just went back and even they put in the extra touch, you know? Yeah. Hey, we're going to put... This was a, a level that they cut from the game, but we're going to put it in there anyway. You know what? We remastered this interior, but we also improved it. That it shows that they love the product that they're making. I like that. Okay. I like it. It shows I, a lot of faith. I still uh, I still play the game on my Xbox One because it is backwards compatible. Um, so if you haven't enjoyed, guessed it, I, the I, old man really loves backwards compatibility. And the I Xbox do. One. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Microsoft. Advertise. Um, but no, I mean yes, it was a it was a great game and it was an original idea. You know, I mean, I at the time, the XCOM wasn't really big. I love the knockoff Jack Jack Nicholson. That, that just the voice, the knockoff Jack Nicholson voice. That was great. <laughs> Absolutely, and yeah, just the good. level design, the, the you know the skill base that you could, you know, the upgrade system that they had. It yep. was just a fully perfect game. You know, people in the music realm talk about perfect albums. This is a perfect game. And it really does deserve the remastered treatment that it's getting. Excellent. I agree. I so, concur. <clears throat> I concur about this story. Sin. S-Y-N. Sin. We're good for calling that. Sin. I remember this one. Or Sin. An open world cyberpunk first person shooter is in development with Tencent Game. So, with Sin... Here comes a lot of it. Um, no, but uh, it's coming out on uh, consoles as well as PC using the Unreal Four en- uh, the Unreal Engine, and with strand-based hair system. Strand-based hair system. Yes, it's supposed to uh, All right, play. Well, let's see this hair. It's supposed to play into the character customization, and you will be able to have a customized cybernetic pet. Okay, and it's unclear whether it's going to be single player or online only at this point. No release date at this time, but they did give us this trailer showing us pretty much what you're going to be getting involved, almost getting hit by a taxi. Very, you know, Tokyo, very Japan. Um, But, you know, you got your Cheetor there, and you also have the choice between, you can make him a bear, a panda bear, (gasps) a lot of different, you know. Her hair doesn't look that impressive to me. Well, I mean, there with the cheetah. That's that's pretty nice hair on the cheetah there. I guess. And right, look at that. that. I mean, once they go up in close, like, all right, right that that's, that's that's pretty, pretty impressive nice hair, hair for you know graphic generation. You know, I mean, uh, all right, they're giving that kind of detail to the hair. That leads me to believe there's more systems involved that'll really sink you into that Tokyo kind of JRPG feel. Okay. Now, online or single player is not going to stop me from playing this if it has good content, you know, because it looks like she's pretty badass. You got a gigantic bear with some cybernetic arms because it wasn't terrifying enough being a bear alone. 
you had to give it cybernetics. You know. But what about what about the bears? All bears matter. All bears matter. Hashtag. You can give him a mohawk or some, you know, stylish. Well, that, that just makes it okay. Give him a mohawk. Stripey fur. A clown, like a clown or a panda. You know? I mean, who doesn't want a gigantic panda watching their back with missiles and rockets and shit? You know? Cyber That's, panda. Yeah, cyber panda. Hashtag cyber pandas matter. As well as that your vehicle. panda is not going to fit in that taxi. There's yeah. no way that bear gets inside. Well, the that's taxi. why they have the thing on top, so you can, you know, just have them sit on top that's there. Where they're adding in. I would love to have him in a clown car, though, with his head out the roof. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of a lot of detail in the customization here, and it's in obviously a nice futuristic world. I kind of feel like this one could work, man, especially with the detail and the Unreal Engine, because, you know, bar none, that is one of my favorite engines out there, you know, on top of what is the uh, uh, Star Citizen use? The Lumberyard. Lumberyard for Amazon. Uh, they used to use Crytek. Yes, but that was a lawsuit. We don't mention them. We don't, we don't talk about them. We don't talk about that around here. <laughs> we okay. support Star Citizen. It's why he wears the shirts. <laughs> it's really the least I can do Exactly One thing that I hope is That's not the, the least they can do, do Is this story Is that uh, Rockstar Is making an open world Wait for it VR game But VR they already have a VR of, mission From VR for- Games Deluxe Who helped make the LA Noir VR game you're going to have a massive city where you only use this much of it. Yeah. So, essentially... Don't go there. There's nothing there. You can see it. There's no word on what this VR game is. Okay? It could right. be a completely right. new IP. It could be something rebranded. And I swear to God, fans, walljangers, people who hate me, I hope that I'm wrong about this. But I kind of feel like it's going to be Grand Theft Auto V again. Yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> what they would do. Yeah. You know, Rockstar. Rockstar that, no, that's that that's it. You you've you've hit the. It nail worked for Bethesda. That's you know it. what I mean? I hope I'm wrong about this. Coming to a refrigerator near. I you. would I would take Red Dead Redemption Two. I would take Red Dead Redemption VR. I would take you know scrub the toilet VR. I don't care. Not. Another Grand Theft Auto out of you. Not another Grand Theft Auto Five. I will say. <coughs> do it, Grand Theft Auto Four. Now, if you're going to do a little bit, if you're going to do a Grand Theft Auto VR, it's not that big. I want it to be like Liberty City Stories, Vice City Stories. Yeah. New character, new story, and that would be Hear fine. Out, but really. do not give me Grand Theft Auto Five VR. I will buy a plane ticket right now to smack somebody. How about? How about you make a VR game that goes through the history of Grand Theft Auto, or just Rockstar in general? So you have, like, your best missions from GTA 3, your best missions of Vice City, and it just goes through, like, the evolution of Rockstar. So best missions of Grand Theft Auto 4 would be longer than Grand Theft Auto 5. Well, even still, that <laughs> seems more of, like, a, a museum piece rather than a game. Yeah, you know? yeah. But people, it's an interesting idea. Well, it's an interesting you, idea. You I just don't see that. You're going through the history, that. You're going through the history of, of a developer, and if they ever wanted to give 
like an opportunity to peel the onion back to allow to to entice people to play or make games for them. That would be one way to to bring in the culture. You can just say all you want, but my head swaying back and forth tells you exactly what you need to know about that idea. I, if I want to know history, I'll watch the History Channel. I don't need you to make a VR game about. Look what we did! Look what we remember did! Remember when we made games in the past? You guys yeah, remember when we did something original? Look at that! Wasn't that good? Yeah, you should probably look at where you're going. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if I'm walking forward and I'm just looking back, talking to you. I don't see the gigantic pitfall that's right in front of me. It, Here's an idea. Give we me, make pitfall. Yeah, give me get, pitfall. VR pitfall. There we go. We just there we, we solved it. VR pitfall. Well, that's they don't have the rights. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't have the rights. But all right, you may need a little. That's the thing, man. Just work. give if you're gonna do a VR game, give me something different. Don't give me LA Noir VR remastered. Give me something new, like this game, which is very new. Manor Lords. I saw this one, and okay. just from the title, it kind of had me. Okay, Manor Lords, what do you got here? Manor Lords is an upcoming city builder slash RTS. Okay? So, Slavic Magic is the developer of the game in which you will build up a village and defend it in a Total War huge battle style RTS. The core game is still a city builder. And it's inspired by the twelfth or the eleventh through fifteenth century Europe. It's set yeah. to launch into early access on Steam this fall, and you can add it to your wish list now. But I liked what they had on this at the at the core of the game. You have a city builder, but then you also have your troops that'll go into like the full total battle of you know a massive scale war. Reminds me of, uh, uh, what was that, Castle Builder game? Stronghold. Stronghold. And they say that that was one of the strong, you know, real inspirations for this game, which that hooked me in right now, uh, right away, because I was like, oh, that's Stronghold, man. I had all those archers, I had all those fucking, you know, spearmen lined up, ready to tackle them. That is the kind of, oh, I had the wrong screen on the whole time. Sorry, gang. But this is the whole kind of, we'll go back here. But this is the whole kind of you know uh, gameplay and the type of game that and this I is was only pre-alpha for. footage, so it's going to get better. Exactly. So you're going to have a lot better. And that grass game. doesn't look bad now, even so. at pre-alpha. Now you have your troops lined up. You have a huh. gigantic city that you're making, and you know 11th through 15th century Europe. A lot of time span here. Obviously, some pre-alpha gameplay footage, which is right along the lines of Total War as well as Stronghold. Yeah, and yeah, that looks awesome. You know, I, I'm completely sold, and I'm adding this to my wish list. This, is the, yeah, this is going to get bought right away. Yeah. Like this is this is what what dreams were made of in the nineties. You know, I mean, this is crazy, at just the level of detail that they have with this. You know, you have your crafters, and you can see this different city building aspects that you're going to have in this. You're going to have your industrial section. You're going to have to have map out roads. You're going to have to place out places for people to live, and then you're going to have to defend them. You're going to have to have a barracks and you know walls and towers and different shit. Amazing like game, amazing game. So I had to have that as the last story here. And I did also have to pick a really good end segment for us, which I think I succeeded. Now, 
the end segment for today is versus ultimate fandom disappointment between Star Wars and Star Trek. Which fandom disappointed you more? Let us know in the comments. And uh, I'm going to start off here because I thought of this one just because of the state of both of these fandoms. You have rumors of George Lucas wanting to do his original idea for a sequel trilogy. I'm and sorry, you can't do that. You've sold it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you sold you sold the rights. I don't think you could do that. But you have those rumors as well as the mixed reception from the sequels, you know, sequel trilogy. You also have, uh, you know, with Star Trek, the exclusivity that you know CBS has with it. And the fact that Picard, eh, maybe a sizzle and a couple pops, but it really wasn't the big bang that I think a lot of people expected. So, you know, there's a lot of turmoil here, but who ultimately, who ultimately did it worse? Old man, any thoughts? You could still recover from Picard. I'm just saying that. Because we've already seen yeah, the petition, but... we've already seen the petition, and things go out for the redoing of the trilogy of Star Wars. So it's it is a neck and neck race, but I'm still going to say that um, the Between... Force Awakens was okay. The, it was just a remake, Jedi. You know, it was it was just a re a remake of fucking A New Hope, but it was still yeah. good. It had a good story. You know, you need you need a good whole like, oh, like a, a good origin story or like something that hits you in the feels and that that like it hit all the nostalgia points. So like you had that you had that like ominous moment in the beginning, just like in New Hope. You had the you had like the the introduction of your new characters with Ray, uh, you know, on Jeff. You had a completely pointless Star Killer base. Correct. Yeah, like there was no point in that base whatsoever. They could have held that off the last Jedi and made that like a main, like a middle action point. Yeah. Um. You killed off a characters that should no longer like that. That could have, you know, if you were going to kill them off, give them, like, give them a final arc and put them at the end of the movie. Like, so those are the like. The main missing points that they could have, like if if Harrison didn't want to do it anymore, I understand. Like, but well, here's the thing: you know, is that the first the movie art. was Harrison's movie, right? The second movie that was Luke's movie. The third movie was supposed to be Carrie's movie, but she died before they could do it. So, I mean, I get they were still trying to honor the originals in that sequel, but I still think that they should have come up with an original story and done something else. Yeah. Question. Yeah, that's amazing. One Wait, we have a visitor. One punch. punch. <laughs> and uh, there's a new RTS One Punch game out there as well um, on the webs. So you want to get down? No, I'm doing even better. So One Punch. One, one punch. punch. There we go. The camera, buddy. Say One Punch. One Punch. Yeah. With the yeah, with the go. goggles and everything. All right. So. Making child's dreams come true right here on the Triforce podcast. So honestly, I, I look. I think that one thing they did wrong with the sequel trilogy is they should have made that 
all just one director. But with Star Trek... Star Trek... <sighs> look, the There's been a movies, lot of Star Trek disappointments over the, the years. The two movies with Abrams that I saw w- were fantastic. I saw up to I you saw know, one the Wrath of Khan remake with you know, yes. Benedict Cumberpatch, which is great. The I didn't see the other yeah, one. Into, into the Dark. The dark I, didn't th- the I didn't see the third one. But I didn't see the third one either. I was tired of lens flare at that point, so <laughs> you know it's it, yes. it, it, the the effect was was gone. Now but you got I don't the think lens flare on Force Awakens. Very true. Um, but <laughs> man loves was, a good lens flare. That was enough. That was far enough away that I didn't notice. Oh wow, that that there's more of that J.J. Abrams lens flare. But it was still it's the son of the eclipse. It's very disappointing to me how Picard just didn't capture. No one I've ever talked to has ever had anything good to say about Picard. Ever. It didn't capture that Star Wars spark for me. It's like they tried to, you know, marvelize it and make it real, but it wasn't. It was a fantasy world. We didn't have money. You didn't have to worry about that shit. Fucking James T. Kirk said, What's money? And then they just fucking, you know, He's been redid that. that with Picard. They were to where it was like, <laughs> oh no, the economy has always been a thing. <laughs> like what? Was he just a fucking moron? What was what was that? This is supposed to be a utopian future, no, no. regardless of all the turmoil. <laughs> it, it is that, kind of this big black hole. But that was Gene Roddenberry's sucks. thing. You didn't work. Yeah. It wasn't an economy-based system in the future, and then they just yeah. fucking reneged that. That's the one thing that really gets me pissed off about Picard is that they didn't capture the spark of the original series. And, I mean, I get it. Patrick Stewart is amazing as Picard, but... Yeah, but you could have been somebody. You could have been a contender. So, so I think the fans... (laughs) You let us down! What are we going to do? We're just going to move on to something else. Uh, uh, I guess they wanted too much new hope in Picard. They did, um, but you know that's what for me. I'm siding with Star Trek because I know Star Wars can really overcome this, especially because the last thing we saw out of Star Wars was the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian yes. was an amazing TV oh, yeah. series. It was the first live action Star Wars TV series, and it knocked it out of the park. The Mandalorian tells song. you that Star Wars is a very bright and entertaining future where they're going to build a vivid the world Mandalorian built with built Disney magic. on a premise of less is more because you had less star like less star actors, like there was less people. So you didn't you didn't get the feel of the the space being too crowded. You know, Pedro Pascal, Gina Carano, you know, yes. Carl Weathers. All your main players all had their time. And then well, you got John Favreau on that, and that's why. Because he isn't just helming all this himself. He's delegating it out to some of the best and brightest new directors that he has found. Star Trek, <laughs> has, even with Discovery, they failed to do what I think this series is. I got to watch a couple episodes, but it really wasn't hitting for me. Now... You know, maybe if I went back and revisited it, I may have a different opinion. But in my personal opinion, I think Star Trek is the lesser of the two evils right now. Because I think Star Wars has already shown signs that it knows where it needs to go. It's just unsure of how to get there to where warp engines are off on Star Trek. 
you know, you got to rebuild the whole fucking. They're floating starship. through space. They don't know what the hell's going. So, on. so Star Wars has their has their destinated plotted, and we're, we we ejected the core in Star Trek. Exactly. Yeah. So I really feel that I don't think it's lost. I just think you really you need to go somewhere. Dare I say, you need to go where Nobody. no one has gone before. Yeah. Bring back you. I think you need to go where nobody knows your name. You need to go somewhere different. Go to a different future time. Create future different technology that will be a complete canon different. And then if you want somebody, you just walk onto the holodeck. I think they gotta get back to basics first. And then let it just walk onto the holodeck. And and then you can have any kind of cameo you want. Anybody in Star Wars right there on the holodeck and it can be conducive with the story. To, to write Picard, all you would have to do is bring back Q and introduce a multiverse, and then you could start your own pro- plot line. Because that would yeah. bring it back and center it. Because then you can then you can reset everything that just happened in season one, and then still seem like it's connected. Mm. <coughs> I do like that effect that yep. Q has done some meddling in time and space before, so Correct. that could be an interesting poll. Okay, yes. so I will give you that one. So obviously, what are you siding with? We both kind of sided I'm, with I'm the Star Trek say, being a I'm failure. I'm going to say Star Wars is the lesser of two evils. I'm going to say Star Wars has the win on this one oh, right now. In this, current generation, in this yeah. current generation, Star Wars has the win. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, yeah. if we get rid of some people and 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 keep the and keep some people that are doing well by Star Star Wars, mm-hmm. then like you know, you said it, Favreau, Fellini. If those people continue on and do Star Wars right, and we reset the, the reset the last trilogy, yeah, I will be happy. You know, of that whole you know multiverse event. You know, like of them. Well, even if that they stuff. don't, well, I mean, with Star Trek, yes, give me a multiverse. With Star Wars, keep going. You know, it's like what they say in music: if you mess up, don't worry about it. Keep going. That's yeah, what that I want Star Wars to do. You stumble, get up and get run. Just, just get up and just get up and run. Just keep on going. Don't, don't, don't worry go about the past. that. You can worry about it later. But you got a good premise by the end of Rise of Skywalker with Rey, especially with her being pretty much force neutral by the end of it. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah, that's a really good you know, way. So. We laid out what both of these franchises need to do. They can take it or leave it, listen to the fans or not, but that's where we're leaving the end segment off. And we end off this podcast every time the same way. We're going outside. Well, yeah, but that's after this. That's after the thank yous. And we want to thank you, Marianne McKay uh, Moyer. for liking Lugnuts podcast number 37. She's Uh, a neighbor, by the way. Hey, there we go. Matthew Kennedy uh, for liking Let's Play Part 6, Lugnuts 37. Moisel Robinson for liking Lugnuts Let's Play Part 6, as well as Triforce number 136. I got a, which I got a little whip of was entitled. Uh, fuck, what was that entitled? I forgot to add a lot of stuff to that. <clears throat> I got a little whip of knowledge for you. Okay. You know what? Even Shaft took down Batman. Well, there you go. That he did in the comics. Rachel King for liking last week's Triforce podcast. April Everett's 
as well as Amanda Miller for liking and commenting. And we always want to thank Bob for watching every podcast like he does. And, uh, of course, this has been another one for the books. We are the Purge Hangers and Wallhangers Media Network. I am Matthew Bugrell, the Matman. To my left, Stephen Bugrell, Big Brother, Link Diablo, our mascot hero of time. And in the quarantine box, above our heads, one Christopher Bristow, the old man. We are the Triforce Podcast. And until next time, Walljangers, uh, well, nothing left to say but this long, drawn-out goodbye. Game on! We'll see you then, boys and girls. Bye bye. <laughs> that is a lot of ads. We're being attacked. We're being attacked by ads. Kill them. Throwing it out there because I'm crazy. Lord knows I'm crazy. The solid snake have to be white. I was gonna go for Keanu Reeves, gigantic this bear with some bear. cybernetic arms because. It wasn't terrifying enough being a bear alone. Making Paul child's Rider. dreams come true right here on the Triforce Podcast. Pizza, hold on. Pizza! Oh no, he, uh, nope, he's still carrying it around, showing yes, it the building. Yes, I got him a fresh busy bone, and he is very proudly uh, walking it around the house. And so no one will be allowed to pet him because he'll think you're trying to steal it. Yes. We buy it and give it to him, and he thinks we're going to steal it. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. Matt Man, old dude, uh, we're ready to launch this puppy. All right. Uh, consider the puppy punted. Wow, that's rather fucked up. <laughs> Luckily, you were blocking. So, uh, <laughs> you deflected. We don't like punting puppies, sir. Who wants to go Later, outside? we're gonna end it. We outside. Are ending it. Outside. And you're gonna turn on your I'm air like conditioning. Outside. Of yeah. course, that was a great podcast, and me and you were doing the end segment now. So, right below Christopher's chin, you're gonna find that golden subscribe button. Right over here, you're gonna find all the Triforce podcasts, and above my head, well, that is probably live at the Game of DVD no Exchange because that's the most common, popular. Purge Hangers and Wall Hangers video for you. And as always, Wampa! Wampa! <laughs> <laughs>